Hello, everybody, and thank you for listening to the latest edition of the Made in the Americas podcast from DHL. I'm Dan McGrath, head of DHL's communications, sustainability, and brand team in the Americas region. This podcast covers various topics impacting the 21st century workforce from the perspective of DHL executives here in the Americas. For this podcast, we've invited five of our CEOs from our four business units here in the Americas to discuss the topic of governance. DPDHL Group announced its sustainability roadmap as part of its environmental, social and governance framework, that's ESG as we know it. And for this third podcast in our three-part series, we're tackling that third pillar, governance. It's often thought of as a topic that's only discussed in a boardroom for high-level executives, but in our time together today, we're going to try and dissect why it's a topic everyone should be familiar with. So I'm going to kick things off with a question for Mike Parra, who's CEO of DHL Express in the Americas. Mike, how would you define good corporate governance? So Dan, thank you for that. I'll keep this one really short. Um, I would say good corporate governance is a system of rules, processes, and practices that direct and control an organization. That includes things like code of conduct and supplier code of conduct, which are extremely important, data protection, and finally, but equally as important, information security. Thank you, Mike. Short and sweet. And uh, I think on that, you, you've touched on an important element of good governance. And, and I think all of, or a lot of that falls under the umbrella of, of compliance. And obviously, you can't have compliance or governance without a good system uh, underpinning it. So I'd like to turn to you, Lee Spratt, CEO of DHL Ecommerce Solutions here in the Americas. Lee, um, an important element of governance is how we protect our own and our customers' data. And I know that this is one of the things that keeps you awake at night. Um, data breaches are on the rise across, you know, out there in the world. And you know, what are the, some of the basic things that all companies should do to protect their own data and, and their customers' data? Yeah, well, first of all, uh, Dan, you know, we have a legal and a moral responsibility to protect not only our customers' data, but also our employees' data. You know, we have a set of uh, data requirements and, uh, you know, kind of a minimum global standards that we talk about um, that are required that we implement across our business units. Uh, I believe we all have data protection officers that their day-to-day job is to make sure that we're implementing, whether they're the European standards, the U.S. standards, or or whatever uh, geographic entity um, that you happen to, to work in. Um, but it's, it's critical, you know, if we're going to be a supplier of choice, which is one of our three bottom lines, that we've got to protect our customers' data. Uh, you know, we do the basic things like penetration testing and phishing emails to kind of test. Uh, we're constantly communicating with our employees about the things they have to do and won't do. Here our customers' expectations of us have actually increased over the last couple of years. You know, we're seeing more and more uh, RFPs that request us to share with them how we're going to protect their data. 
uh, and it's really going to become a cost of doing business or a price of doing business. So uh, this is something that's critical, you know, as part of the ESG strategy for the group. Um, but more importantly, you know, it's, it's the things that I think all of us lose, lose sleep over uh, that we have to protect that data. The worst thing that could probably happen to you as the CEO of a business is to have a data breach. Uh, we've had some of our customers have data breaches, and uh, it typically takes a little while to recover from that. Uh, so, you know, we, uh, we just got to continue to communicate, um, hold people accountable and then make sure we do the best, you know, the job to the best of our ability to protect customers' information. Thank you, Lee Spratt. Um, so it's the, the G of this ESG framework is arguably the least tangible of all of the, the pillars. So what I'd like to do here is just try and make it as tangible as we can and, I'll turn to you, Scott Soredi, DHL Supply Chain North America CEO first, and just ask whether you can give us any examples of uh, practical things you guys are doing in the area of governance. You know, governance is anchored in our group code of conduct. It all starts there. I mean, but the first step after that is really regular mandatory training, which is really mainly done through our learning and development portal. You know, for our non-desktop associates, you know, we discuss and train in our site town halls. We include questions in our annual employee survey. You know, and this is a great reminder to the organization that, you know, governance needs to be in place throughout every level of the organization. You know, I would also say, you know, at Supply Chain North America, we heavily promote the reporting hotlines that every associate has access to so that they're very aware of the ways in which they can report any wrongdoing or other behavior that does not meet our standards. You know, and this really, you know, sends a clear message that the wrong behavior will not be tolerated. And I think this is also an important element in embedding a culture of respect and results. Thank you, Scott. So staying with uh, DHL supply chain, uh, but maybe moving down to Latin America. And this point I'd like to bring Javier Bilbao into the conversation. Javier is CEO of DHL Supply Chain in Latin America. And Javier, obviously Deutsche Plus DHL Group operates in a wide range of countries with very different political systems, laws, cultures. And your your organization also operates in a, in a number of countries across Latin America that are very diverse in themselves. So how do you go about ensuring compliance and, and a standard approach to compliance across such a diverse region? I could first of all highlight our values, uh, respect and results, our global values which are reflected in our code of conduct, which is a guide applicable in the range of countries where DPDHL operates. But let me uh, put a bit more focus on what those two values represent because we're talking about respect and results and respect goes first. It's respect for our people, for our customers, for our investors, and very importantly, for the communities that we serve. Um, I refer to the code of conduct. Uh, that includes behaviors, beliefs, and standards that we consider the basis um, of our business. And it's an essential part of our common DNA and connecting, uh, connecting cultural layer for delivering excellence. And to strengthen its correct understanding and application, we periodically have trainings as well as constant internal communication that promotes the practice of our values and acting in the correct manner. I'm personally very impressed at how seriously these trainings are taken by both the employees um, who are part of it and being tested on the content, but also the organization as a whole by uh, continuously renewing 
the content of the uh, programs to make them attractive and and uh, interesting to go through for our employees. Thank you, Javier. So, you know, Javier, Lee, Scott have touched a lot on um, what governance means and a lot of that discussion has been around our internal perspectives and I think another important element is our relationship with our suppliers who are out there in the market as well who are an important part of our supply chain and on that note I'd like to uh, bring in Tim Robertson CEO of DHL Global Forwarding in the Americas who is the number one air freight forwarder in the world number two ocean freight forwarder in the world Tim you work with a lot of carriers out there how do you guys ensure um, that our suppliers and transportation providers take into um, account compliant practices and how do you how does that factor into your choice of partners all right thanks dan this is one of those areas where you mentioned at the outset that you know governance is not just reserved for the corporate boardroom right i i guarantee you there's a number of listeners today that are directly involved in choosing and managing supply relationships, right? So this is a very practical uh, topic. Right? There, there's a number of considerations that need to be looked at when we choose suppliers for our services. First off, do the supplier's goals align with our own, right? It's really important to look at mission, vision, uh, values, because you know when a company's values align with ours, it's typically a very good indication that the partnership is going to work well. In my experience, differences in that overall mission, values, culture could potentially lead to conflict somewhere throughout the relationship. Also, how transparent are they in reporting on the goal status and the achievements that they're making? Do they share openly their action plans for meeting those goals? Are they willing to collaborate on projects to advance shared goals? Are they heavily focused on innovation, identifying joint opportunities that we can action together? And critically, do they share the same commitment towards sustainability? To that end, ensuring that they are compliant with our supplier code of conduct including all the assessments, audits, and the effective consequence management, this is an absolute must, right? This is non-negotiable at DHL Global Forwarding. Our, our suppliers, they're such an important part of our overall ecosystem, and it's in our best interests to invest the time to build the sustainable and resilient supply base. Thanks, Tim. So any potential suppliers out there know exactly what buttons they need to be pressing in any conversations in the future with you guys. With that, I'd like to thank all of our executives from our DHL businesses here in the Americas region for the insights they've shared both today for this podcast and for our three-part series on ESG. And I'd also like to sincerely thank everybody who's listened into this And I would just leave you by saying, please stay tuned for the next edition of our Made in the Americas podcast. Thank you and goodbye.